You're listening to the Canned Fruit Podcast with your favorite trio, Danielle, Jess, and Kia. We will have meaningful conversations on what it looks like to have compassion and respect when communicating with others. This show is a safe and brave space to open up, so let's start. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Canned Fruit, where we are talking about all things candid and fruitful conversations. I'm Danielle, and I am here with the lovely Jessica and Kia. Say what's up, ladies. What's up? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I'm feeling it today, gals. (laughs) That was a lot of energy, especially you, Kia. I know, I I threw out a whole hootie hoo. Hootie (laughs) (laughs) Just committed. Well, I really wish people, I really hope people think we're as funny as we are because I can yes. up at you all. <laughs> we're hilarious. <laughs> we like are canon. Oh, here we are. Here we all. <laughs> we will get focused. You know, the beautiful thing about all of our chats, gals, is that we are, there. There are always conversations that seem really timely, even if they're happening mm. in various windows in our lives. Last episode, we were talking a bit about empathy and it was really important because we were realizing that there was a lot of work that comes into being empathetic and so you know I am the one that shows feeling most easily in the Mm -hmm. group on the scale on the the sliding scale you're up there I'm I'm an emotive feeler yes yeah there we go yeah (laughs) everyone's nodding because I can't say that we don't all feel because I know those two do okay just for the record (laughs) (laughs) but I am the emotive feeler but I realized that in that moment I know Jessica last time you were talking about how like we were all physically reacting to it and it is a lot of work and so we want to take some time today to talk about (laughs) dum-dum-dum feelings shiver <laughs> now remember, this is in the context of having conversations that are challenging, right? But a lot of what came out of our last episode was this thought that you had to know yourself. And this is where I'm looking at the both of you. For me, knowing myself means knowing how I feel. I'm mm. going to leave that there and see how you all respond because I know mm. that might not be the same. As I've been repondering, uh, empathy and emotional intelligence, mostly more the emotional intelligence part and just looking at what it means and just for folks who are like me and like have to know what the actual word means. So our emotional intelligence is the capability to recognize our own emotions, those Mm. and others, Mm. discern between different feelings and label them appropriately. And then using emotional information to guide your thinking and behavior or adjusting to your environment. Lord. It sounds about right, gals. (laughs) Yeah, it is about right. And I realized why I'm so interested, like I'm even about to take a class on emotional intelligence because I find myself not emotionally intelligent. Maybe more so about others than myself. I should say, I find myself, I don't know my own emotions well which is a weird thing to say like I know my thoughts I know maybe I know that I feel a way but I might not know why I feel that way that's a big growth point for me and as someone who's married to an emotive feeler I love that man (laughs) (laughs) I find it's definitely something that he honestly coaches me on so I remember one time I was so upset. I was like, 
crying in his office and I was just so upset and explained the situation to him and I was like I can't figure out why I'm crying like I know I'm upset I can't figure out why I'm so upset and he was like do you feel this and I was like no he was like are you embarrassed and I was like I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you for oh. telling me <laughs> what is happening right now. I just feel so embarrassed. And it, it might sound silly, but hopefully it's not just me of the 6 billion people on the planet who's like this. <laughs> but it's not just you. It just, it, it's, if so, if you're one of my kind, <laughs> one of, one of <laughs> my less emotive people, I'm with you and definitely just continue to study yourself that's just what I do think about not only what I am feeling but correctly labeling it is the part that I work on most I came across this idea recently that might be helpful to you Kia and that's meta emotions which is an area of psychology that is like up and coming with couples therapy mostly, but as new generations that go to therapy are starting to get more comfortable talking about their emotions. And that's the, uh, that's the feelings that you have about feelings. And the okay. idea that some people think that feelings are important hey, man. To, to experience, <laughs> right? Obviously we know that's Danielle. Hey now. <laughs> and some people think that emotions are not important to the outcome. And I think that might be more of Kia. <laughs> that I might be growing to the other it. end. That's good. That's good. <laughs> this comes up in couples therapy because people marry each other and they have different thoughts about feelings. So not just they have different feelings. We all know that we have different feelings, but there are, there's the idea that people have different feelings about feelings in general, like whether those are important to discuss, whether they're important to validate, because our parents taught us how to feel about feelings. Our experiences mm. in life taught us how to feel about feelings. So we either grew up in a household that was like validated our feelings or told us, don't be sad. Don't feel that feeling. I have and that so leads us into adulthood. Many yeah, thoughts. I know. Here we go again. Jessica the drop box. We're like, oh, this is gonna be so quick. And then Jessica shows up with meta feelings. I know. I'm sorry. But it's kind of a cool thing because it's a super cool thing. <laughs> Very. It, to like step outside. It's another form to me of like introspection. To like or maybe not form, another whatever instance of int introspection where you can like step step outside of the feeling that you're also feeling and say how do I feel about feeling embarrassed mm. do I think that it's important that I own up to being embarrassed do I think that's even important to the outcome of this conversation because some people do some people want you to validate their feelings in a conversation and you might not be of that thought that like you need to validate their sadness in order to move through the conversation it's like I, just, I read that I was like <laughs> I'm sitting here being like okay I don't need to say anything but I have to say so much <laughs> say all the things oh can I say all the things Kia <laughs> okay because I have so <laughs> many things I started this episode telling 
the ladies that I was like, I'm going to be so quiet today. First of all, Kia, your what you said made me think about how when we came into this friendom, this triad of friendship. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a force. We were all coming from a place where it felt like we were combating the idea that everybody is on opposing sides right? Mm. We were coming into this saying that we're having difficult conversations and they need to, people like us, like all of us in this, like 6 billion people need to understand how to have conversations in order to transcend these really hard topics. And then it's just so funny how definitely think about you in this way that we are politically aligned. I think social justice aligned. I know all of us are, but I know Kia, because then she says things like, I don't know what to do with feelings. And I realized that there's like separation in community, which is funny when you think about these people that we people, when we think about people we're talking about in one instance, we're together on something. And in another mm-hmm. instance, we're divided. It's not the word, but we're on alternate sides of the eye. And I just think it's very it, like, that was the overwhelming feeling. I was like, see, this is so great because like, we're finding that. Yeah. And in this instance, Kia and I are not on the same spectrum. I don't know why that feels very inspiring, but that's what my, Mm. that's the feeling. I'm feeling very inspired by what we're doing because wow, two people that see themselves and we're coming at this from this perspective have learned to be able to communicate with each other, even when we're on opposing ends of the aisle. Now it's easier when it's not, we're not talking about humanity, right? We're talking about our respective feelings, but I still think that's an interesting thing to just know. Jessica, meta feelings, mind blown, first of all. Second of all, when you think about one thing you said was that we might not all feel the same thing. And so I take, I want to push back on that, that I do think as humans, we feel, we might not feel the same thing at the same time, but as a feeler, I really do believe that people feel all the same emotions at given spaces and times in their lives, right? And that goes back to, are you empathetic? Are you really like channeling the moment when you felt something? Are you allowing yourself to tap back into that? But I find this being my biggest point of disagreement with people that feel differently than I do is this dialogue that there's not a need for acceptance of the feeling or addressing that that feeling is important. Like, I, I think I'm taking for granted that I feel that all feelings are important and all feelings about feelings are important to address. So I'll come into a conversation and say, I'm feeling embarrassed about this. And that makes me feel like the fact that I'm embarrassed makes me feel uncomfortable. And like, let's start the conversation there because I'm going to be more defensive. I'm going to clam up more. And I, I, I'm not going to say always, cause I don't know what I did when I was five years old, but I do think that for a significant part of my recent adult life, I've found that as necessary in my conversations, it's bridge building. But I will say that for, and and this will be probably a topic for later in this episode, but I did feel like that wasn't valued, right? Coming into the conversation and saying, I feel uncomfortable because I feel this feeling felt like I was, it would be perceived as manipulative. I think at times, like I'm trying to alter the conversation. It's perceived as weakness. And it's only through our Enneagram have I started to find power in speaking from that place. Yeah, I think that's completely valid. And I think that another person seeing you as manipulative is also valid because they might not have the same 
experience with feelings that you do. Can we make a distinction the- between valid and true? I wonder. What's, sure. What's our distinction? I wonder yeah. that, is it true that I'm being manipulative or is it, and is that the same thing as their feeling in that moment being valid? based on their lived experience. Because my default reaction to that, again, being honest, is I go into, but that's not true, and right? So I'm being defensive yeah. to that, but I wonder, and it made me think, are, when something is valid, is it true? Well, I think this speaks to like perception. And that's like a huge philosophical debate of like, is perception, is your perception truth, right? Yeah, I wonder. Like, if is the other person's perception of you being manipulative true for them? Yes. Is it true for you? No. So that kind of is this muddy line, I think. But I just want to say that it, it's. I think it's valid that they might feel that's manipulative. But the point, the overall point, isn't that, isn't whether it's true or not true. It's can you come to an agreement? Can you meet in the middle and say like, that's not, that wasn't my intention. This is my experience with feelings. I feel better and more true to myself, more authentic when I show up in a conversation that way. And you might feel challenged. Let's meet each other in the middle here. Like both experiences are valid. That's the whole point of this meta emotions thing is that some people are going to feel manipulated because that is not their experience with feelings. And you might feel manipulated when somebody doesn't show up and tell you their feelings. I'm thinking back to our last discussion on truths with a capital T and how we talked about honesty and authenticity and you showing up to the conversation being both honest and authentic. And this is how it's best for me to show up and their valid belief, though might not necessarily be true, Mm -hmm. valid belief that this is manipulating based or manipulative based on their experience. If the conversation is honest, then they would express that so that you could get to the truth of this is me being authentic. This is how I best show up to the conversation rather than them focusing on or having the conversation in the lens of she's trying to manipulate me through the whole conversation because then it's not even it's not no longer an honest conversation i hear it i'm with it i'm processing it right because i carry my sister-in-law says that everyone has a little red wagon and that's where all like your burden and baggage live And so the little red wagon comes with you and you don't have to carry it on your back, but it's there. And so you kind of, you can let things off, but something's always there. And so I think what's happening here, which again, is the beauty of our conversations is that I'm, I'm having to come to this conversation with my little red wagon of being perceived, not always, but in times as manipulative. And again, trigger words, right? You know, those are things that will like activate. So when I think about like, when we had that whole conversation about honesty, like that's another value, right? Being authentic. If being authentic is so important to me, being perceived as manipulative yes, will be the, like it's almost the antithesis in some ways, right? And so this is great. I think it's great. I think that it, I think we walk a really fine line between valid and truthful, but I just want to yeah. sit with it. 
I want to sit with it because it it seems it's something I hadn't considered until you said that I hadn't seen it as its distinction point because I would have said if it's valid it's true and when I was faced with it from my perspective I was like that might not be true and so what do I do with that and thinking about it too in terms of conversation like this is where I mean there's being very transparent this is where I fall short because then I do get on like the some would say righteous and <laughs> though there are people in the world that would use that term and then I kind of stick my feet in the ground like my I dig my heels in and it's re- remembering that the point of the conversation is to hear the other person and I think he, you put it like really well like in using those skills like that's why I, well that's why we say every episode this is not like I'm not great at it I'm working on it and like those truths with a capital t are things that I need to reference back because I not you, Jessica, I was digging my hills into previous experiences. Oh, yeah. Right. Not to you, but to like those previous experiences where you're just like, how did you get here? How did you get to me being manipulative? You know what I mean? So then I think this is just a really live example of where conversations break down. Cause like, and I'm not my conversation with you, Jessica, but my conversations in with other people who have used like who have t- taken that stance to so, know this is helpful therapy. Here we go. Okay. So we're also, here's my other angle here. I don't get people <laughs> that pretend like they don't have feelings. And okay. So we've talked about the people that, and maybe I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put lots of people in a bag today. That's where I am. I'm on the feelings chain and we're going to pop them in a bag and you all will be the professional ones who take them out and make them individuals okay. and respectable humans. Right. Okay. <laughs> Everyone has a job. Everyone. We all have our days. Right. <laughs> there are other, I guess I've had lots of experiences, obviously, Jessica, with people where it's like, not only is there a reject, there is an inability to accept the other person's feeling in the conversation, because like you said, you only feel how you're parented, right? Like that was, I actually saw there's this amazing woman who runs this company called Mess in a Bottle. She's fantastic. And she's got all these, these great t-shirts. Anyway, one of the things she posted was like, it's hard. She was basically saying that we expect mothers to be mothered who were never mothered. Yeah. I was just like, (laughs) golly. Okay. And so when you think about it, take the gender out of it. Like you expect humans to be like capable of all these emotions when they weren't allowed Mm. to have these emotions. As a parent, I'm like, Oh God, please let me have some do-overs. You know, there are these, there are people that I've interacted with where it's just like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And I've, I guess the Enneagram has really been helpful to me in understanding that everyone doesn't feel things the way that I do in terms of, Mm. they don't feel them as deeply into this meta, meta feeling point. And I guess I'm just wondering, like, in a conversation and someone's giving you nothing in terms of feeling, I guess, overtly, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a caveat. Maybe they are feeling, but there's this presentation that they're not feeling anything. What do you do? Because it makes me more angry. <laughs> so someone tell me what you do, because I am that person not emoting at all in the conversation and pretending like we're just flat just having I, a conversation. <laughs> I find that, I love you, Kia. You know this, and you and I have not. I, I know, I know you love me. I love this you is, too. This is, uh, this is the point. Here I am, the middle sister again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, 
when you were asking that question, you were asking Jessica. Like you were asking me. I have no idea. Well, no idea. I, I wonder though. Okay, middle sister Jessica. My, I'm curious though because how do you react in those situations? And I look at you, Kia, too, because you should be able to give some insight here. You're the aggressor in this situation. Okay. <laughs> aggressor. You're the aggressor. She is pointing fingers all day right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will yeah. say, I'll say with the the less emotive, not aggressor in the conversation is feeling, or I'll say what I feel when I'm like this, which is a lot, is overwhelmed, emotionally overwhelmed. Mm. So because I am less intelligent about my own emotions, it feels like the other person or other people are like pushing their emotions on me, like burdening me with their emotions. And so it feels overwhelming. And so I kind of shut down or more, oh, what's the word? Like sectionalize, like I section it off. Like we will deal with the emotions about this later. We will continue all other parts of the conversation now. And I will think about how I feel at some other point in time, but not right now when, even though, even when that's not what they're trying to do and growing, I understand more. That's not what people, they weren't trying to make me feel what they were feeling. And maybe that's why I have a little bit of an, I'm working on my empathy, not I have an issue with it, but I'm working on being more empathetic is because then I have to try and put myself in feeling how you feel. And that immediately Mm. triggers me immediately makes me feel overwhelmed and I have to fight against that so I wonder how frequently you feel that way that like that you aren't the one experiencing the emotion because sometimes so let me I'll talk about me and then I'll let you answer sometimes I feel the very same way that I can tell another person is feeling an emotion I don't want to mirror that emotion back to them, right? I don't want to engage in their emotion, right? So I do this like protective kind of shielding, like I don't need to have an emotion about your emotion. Then in other cases, I see someone's emotion and I immediately have an emotional reaction, a feeling about their feelings. And then sometimes I'm the one with feelings, like pushing feelings on other people, right? Like saying like, I have these big feelings about this thing. Do you not have feelings about the thing? So go ahead, Kia. I was gonna say, I just, I think I see in the meta emotions, meta feelings, is that what it was? Meta feelings? New thing that I just learned and now I'm an expert (laughs) on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I... In the past, I have not seen emotions as additive or constructive right. to any convert. Well, I would say many conversations, and I've often seen them as detractors. Like, why can't we just have this conversation emotionless? Like, that's what I want to do. We just <laughs> say some facts, and either your fact is false, or your which is not not a fact, or your fact is true. Like. These are the things that that we're going to do in this conversation. That's all that is happening. And that's not life. So someone, when you say you you weren't prepared for that, no one prepared for me for that. But yeah, just learning that, okay, well, it's okay if the other person's having that emotion. I don't have to have that emotion 
or if I'm trying to connect, then, hey, can I think of a time that I've experienced that? And then trying not to fight back against the, well, no, we're not feeling anything. We're just having a conversation and we don't mm. need emotions in conversations. We just need to talk and move forward. Okay. So I, let me just say that this is making me feel a lot of things. Okay. okay? okay. Shocking to everyone, I'm sure. But in, in the, for the sake of keeping, I think this is this, what I'm experiencing right now is what I think I have grown into, which is I may have a lot of feelings that are coming up good and different, right? In this case, none of them are bad. I kind of just want to be like, oh, I love these ladies, right? So it's more of that, but it's this, when we think about the emotional intelligence for someone like me, it's that I can assess what I'm feeling. I need to be in that moment and just kind of say, okay, I'm feeling a lot of things. I need to talk to myself and say, I'm feeling a lot of things. What is the conversation point that's needing to be had here? Mm -hmm. So it's not an explosion of feelings, which again, when I hear the, my reaction is that, gosh, I've exploded feelings all over anybody who's near, been ever near me. And it's never once been with the intention of placing those feelings somewhere else. At least I want to sit on that, but I don't think that's been the motivation, right? I just my feelings. It's been the way that I've learned to connect with people. It's the way that I have successfully connected with people. So I just keep doing it. And as I meet and connect with people, my, my partner included, that are not that way, it's okay. Can I still get something out of this without us smushing emotions all over the place? And I think that has come with time in terms of, okay, like, oh, I have these feelings. I can assess them internally. They don't all need to be shared in this moment, but they're, but the ones that do need to be shared, I can be unapologetic about those. And I can feel no shame behind feeling those feelings. And so like, I think for me, the reason why this topic is hitting a nerve a bit is because there has been so much shame around having big feelings as compared to someone that is more even keel, right? It's, you know, I think about it in, uh, you know, again, personally, I don't rock with people who don't rock with me. So less of an issue. But like when I think professionally, that's not necessarily the best place to have all your big feelings, right? When you're thinking about a conversation, challenging conversations, you're taught in a good conversation to not be explosive. Okay, so maybe it's not right. Maybe you shouldn't throw chairs and tables. I get it. But there is nothing wrong with showing how you feel. At least that's my opinion. Like, let's, let me just frame this. This is not expert advice. This is Danielle saying that there's power in being honest about where you are emotionally. I do think there needs to be respect and measure and thoughtfulness about why you're sharing those things. But that also takes like, like we were talking about before, it takes so much work to get there. There are like so many steps for someone like me to get from all of my feelings to the feelings that actually need to be shared to move this conversation forward. While like someone like Yuki is coming from, no, I'm not gonna show any feelings, I'm lifting into the point of, yeah, there are feelings that I need to share for the progress of this conversation. The reason I frame it that way is because even when you were talking, Jessica, you know, I think there is just power in showing yeah, just like showing that you're in it because, oh, that's what you said, Jessica, that was because it. it feels like sometimes people do lock down, right? They do put up an armor. And from my perspective, I'm like, well, why do you put up an armor? 
when someone puts up an armor, they need to protect themselves from me. And I guess in an invasive way, I'm curious as to why do you feel that way? Because if someone shows me all their emotions, I don't, in my learning process, I don't have to own those and I can still be there with that person and I can respect that that's how they feel. But it's, I wonder about that need for like, and if anybody's watched the Falcon, it's like when the Falcon, he's coming Captain America and he's got all these shields. Anyway, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a lot, right? And so there's all, like, I see this like protective wall around. And again, that, again, that triggers me because it's that feeling as though like, why are the feelings a thing that need to be protected against? Well, I have an answer. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's surprised? First, firstly, I think you're thinking about your own experiences and I can only speak for mine. And so mine are when I can tell that another person is having feelings and they want me to have a feeling. For instance, I received a package and it took me a long time to get the package because on the label, my address and my name were incorrect. Mm. And the mailman had been to my house several times trying to figure out where this package belonged. When he finally realized who it belonged to, we got it all sorted out. They printed a new label with my name, my address. I could tell that he wanted me to take responsibility for that. I knew that I did not need to have a feeling about that. I knew that his feelings, I could feel it. I could see it in his body and his prodding as he was giving me the package I could tell that he was expecting me to have a feeling about this situation. I don't feel any shame. I know that I put my correct name and my correct address. I checked mm -hmm. it. I did my part and I don't need to have the shame that I knew he was expecting from me. He was expecting an apology, responsibility. And I didn't feel the need to do that because I knew that I wasn't in the wrong. So can I just say, though, that this is really a really helpful distinction, right? Because first of all, no, nobody have no time for shame throwers, right? Like <laughs> we don't have time for that. But I wonder if when we talk about feelings, we're even, I included, are convoluting the concept of like my feelings versus feelings I think you should have. Yeah. And so when you give a great example, because when I was talking about feelings, I'm like, I'm feeling something and I'm sharing it with you. What you're sharing here is that someone has an opinion about what you, they think you should be feeling. Should be feeling. Right. And it was based on his feeling. Right. So that. Right. That, because he was frustrated that he had to visit my house multiple times in this building where there are 40 residents and he didn't know what address to bring it to because he didn't know who lived where he was feeling a certain way and expected a feeling out of me because of it. So this is uh, granted, this wasn't a conversation per se, because I'm sure I know you, Jessica, and you probably just looked at him. <laughs> You're like, good day, sir. I said, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and I to said. you, I bid you a good day. Okay. That's, but I wonder so like, let's think about that. Like if this were a conversation that were to be had, and I'm sure Kia, you've been on the receiving end of some of these feeling conversations, right? Like how, what are people feeling in those moments? So like in his case, he's feeling frustrated, right? I wonder if you were feeling anything, Jessica, I have some thoughts, but I would rather it come out of your mouth, what you were feeling in that moment, if anything. To be honest, I was thankful 
that I finally got the thing that I ordered. (laughs) And so I wasn't going to like show up in shame when that's not how I felt. I was thankful that it all got sorted out and that I got what I wanted. (laughs) I ordered it. I paid money for it. So Kia, jump in here. I'm like honing in on this example because we also have this amazing like feelings wheel. And, you know, Mm. even in the Enneagram, one of the things as a four, what they say is like the perception is that feeling fours feel four deep feelings, but really we feel all feelings at a magnitude. Mm. And what's interesting, Jessica, I would have thought you were annoyed, but what I think is really Mm. amazing is to remember that these feelings and knowing yourself and having the emotional intelligence, you were like, actually, I was feeling a joyous feeling. I was feeling thankful. I was grateful for this. And I wonder if a conversation would have been had back to the point about just saying how you feel about a feeling, I guess, to the point about when we're talking about it being manipulative, I feel like it's always transformative when I'm say I say something like, man, I'm really thankful for this package and like, see how somebody else reacts instead of only receiving, like you throw out a different emotion, but that's just me feeling about, that's how I feel about feelings. And so I'll pull back because maybe like you two don't feel the need to project a different feeling into the situation, into this unspoken conversation that you and the postman were having. Well, I mean, that is what I did. Right. You know, I did. I thanked him. Thank you so much for coming back and like helping to figure it out. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I could still tell like that was not well received either. Even my, I didn't say I am feeling thankful. No, I think you did exactly what I'm thinking about. It would be uncommon for me to throw out a feeling. (laughs) which would be highly unusual just to throw it out there she's like like, i don't know how to feel about that so no but it's just this thought that i want i think we're bringing up a really important point about conversations as well we talked about this in an early episode that you don't have to stay in the conversation whether it's Mm -hmm. spoken or unspoken right like there's what i'm what i am reacting to is the perception that feelings are bad and having that is the only thing I'm reacting to. I do not believe that we need to assume or consume anyone else's feelings. I just mm. think as mm-hmm. people, we should be more expressive or honest or authentic about what we're feeling because it doesn't have to come out the way I say it. But <laughs> like if he expresses to me, I'm busy, that doesn't have to come out like, oh, I'm so busy. Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. Like, it can just be like, I'm busy. That's communication. And I think using feelings, is it is what I want to say, using feelings as communication or using can, communication as a mode of expressing feeling, like it does not, I don't think it needs to come out in a stereotypical way, but I can tell you that has been so helpful for me when my non, my unemotive mm. un- friends, husband have <laughs> shared where they are emotionally even if it just comes out in a very monotone, muted way, like, you know, I'm really excited about this job or I'm really proud of myself for this, right? It just helps the dialogue. So I'll say I do, quite honestly, I really only do it with my husband, but I'll just say how I'm feeling. I'm anxious about finding a new job. I'm thinking about something the teacher said about our son or not even thinking about that wouldn't really be the emotion, but maybe I'm confused about yeah. this thing or why they took so long to talk to us about it. Frustrated. There we go. He's really the only person I, I 
practice that with. But one of the things you said about consuming the emotion or that you don't feel the need to consume it is something that maybe because as a person who wasn't or isn't emotive, I've had to learn is that because someone is expressing emotion does not mean that I have to take it on. And that was how I felt before. I felt Mm -hmm. like they're feeling this. I need to either be feeling the same thing or another emotion and realize that, okay, well, no, I can just feel what I feel. I don't need to process, depending on the conversation, I don't need to process their feeling for them like Mm -hmm. as part of the conversation. So that's just, it might be that the non-emotive person hasn't grown as much as Kia, but just hasn't learned that and how they grew up and how they dealt with the emotions might be impacting that. And just being from a a family of like explosive people, there's also a bit of learned behavior that not all explosions are a big deal. And it was only in meeting people that didn't grow up in an explosive family, realizing that any slight peep could be like, oh, snap it's about to pop off. And I'm like, no, I just was excited about my new socks. You know, (laughs) like it's really learning that, you know, it's like we said, like understanding where the other person is coming from helps you receive them. And so this is just, this is all really helpful. I think there's like this slight thing. I don't know exactly. I just want to mention that feelings and behaviors are different things you can have a feeling and then that can create a behavior yeah and mm-hmm. all feelings are good and some behaviors are not good a hundred percent and so that's that's the like subtle difference of like it's okay to be any feeling to have any feeling to feel angry or to feel sad it's not okay to like you said earlier throw chairs yeah right? these are some, things some that we would like say some could some <laughs> could say those people would be wrong, but it's fine. That's my opinion. But th- <laughs> you're right, though, Jessica. That is exactly that's exactly it. Like the behavior is what we're actually reacting to. Yeah. As yeah. a as an adult, the we should be able to accept hearing someone's feeling. I guess that's all yeah. I've been advocating for. And I think on the other end, I think it's hard for people to see that they can feel angry without throwing chairs. Yeah. Yep. Right. So it's hard, like to be a Kia and to to be like, I can be sad without crying. Because there are stereotypical ways. Because there's stereotype there. Yep. Because the behavior is associated with the feeling and that's not the case. Like all feelings are good. Some behaviors are not. Jessica. I know. Mm. That's the quote of the show right there. Yes, that is the quote of the show. And psych degree coming in clutch. Hey, (laughs) I don't want to tell everybody I don't have a psych degree. This is fantastic. I'm, we're going to have to come back to this. Clearly this episode on feelings may have hit a nerve. So we will have (laughs) to revisit it again because I think it's going to come up because that's so important. This emotional intelligence, the empathy, all of these things that we're talking about are going to come up in conversations every time. They're very <laughs> when they won't. So just looking forward to continuing this conversation with you, Jessica and Kia. But until next time, everyone, keep having candid and fruitful conversations. And as Kia said last time, open up. That brings us to the end of this Canned Fruit podcast episode. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We also want to thank our assistant producer, Brianna Javon, from What's Good Productions. 
If you enjoyed our show, we invite you to connect with us on Instagram at cannedfruitpod and email us at cannedfruitpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to come back next time for another discussion as we continue to have candid and fruitful conversations. Until then, this is Jess, Kia, and Danielle. And don't forget to open up. Thank you.